and there was no expectation. It yeah. was a, it was a, a situation wherein the thing kind of eventuated in a kind of a spontaneous, casual, kind of way. Just the way some things sometimes do, when people don't overthink it, when people don't you know, run it around in their head for six years and, or forty or fifty. <laughs> run it around in their head and find all the little, uh, you know, defects and, uh, you know, things of that nature. Things that drive one towards the edge, the edge of wetness. Right to the very edge of it. it's 8 a.m. Saturday, March 26th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane since the last show entered into spring. We have entered into spring. Why are the blinds not open? Uh, you can open them up. I okay. just hadn't done well, it I'm yet. I'm just saying. I mean, let's let some of this springtime in. Yes, there. There, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> now we have the springtime freshness. <clears throat> Which is all anybody really wants, you know, a little springtime freshness in their lives and their moments yeah we did a little spring cleaning um because oh, yeah. uh, we had you did a little spring uh, well cleaning. i did a little spring cleaning yes. because we had our carpets cleaned and it always seems like a god that was the first time we had it since the pandemic and oh, i was yeah. just like wow um and so it's always a good time to say, do I really need to put this thing back in the place that it was? That's oh, you know. oh yeah, so yeah, so lighten the, lighten the clutter a little bit. Do you think? Yeah, does it seem definitely. less cluttered in here to you? Yeah. Well, just knowing it's never very cluttered in here. Yeah, but just folks. knowing some things have been removed and that things have been organized in a way that's more effective for how we're living now. Yeah. Always that, seems like. Yeah, it's. I was trying to put everything together in the way that I will want it when I'm retired, because there are certain activities that I want to dive into pretty quickly. Right. That have, uh, until now, been kind of on the back burner. So, uh, got a couple of baskets of tarot books, and then another basket of arts, arts and crafts stuff that are now within reach. Right. The new paradigm. The new paradigm is unfolds. Going to be unfolding soon. It's you know not but it, there you know, yet. It's but not. It's not going to arrive in one single basket or box or no. delivery. It's going to. It's going to be evolve over well, time. Well, all these things I've been doing, I just haven't been doing them as um, as much time as I would like to spend with right. a lot of them. So which is yeah, I think one of the pleasures of retirement is being able to put something that's always been off to the side right in the middle of your plate and kind of go wow i got myself a cup of coffee here and i'm going to take me a sip yeah well you this know is fun <laughs> wait a minute yeah ham and eggs you know all about that yeah this is fun this is a good time anyway there's no day and there's lots of lots of uh, evolution and and uh, what tapering to yeah. The finish bits. Well, you know, it's. I think the oddest thing is that I've never, in all my life since I was a child, not had 
something I was going to go to that was very similar to what I've gone to. So, right. you know, you start off in school and you're in kindergarten and then you know you're going to go to elementary school and then you go to elementary school and you know you're going to go to junior high and you go to junior high and then you know you're going to go to high school go to high school in my family you knew you were going to go to college you go to college and then you know you need to get a job and then thereafter you're just you know from the time that you're changing jobs that you're going to another job but to to be in this place where you're kind of going and now um not have a job I don't have to go to school. I, well, I think I'm going to go to school. You don't but, have to do anything. But I don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. That's a interesting point. And I think of people view. think, and I think people are conditioned by the, all those years of having to do things, that if they don't have have to do things, they're just going to be inert. And I don't know where people get that idea. It's a, I don't it's know either. Because, none, none of my friends have been inert. Right, and I think that the so. the thing that having to have a job, the uh, um, I don't know what to call it, capitalism, call it uh, whatever, just the idea of money um, has taught us that without uh, a job, our life has no purpose. And people have forgotten, I think, what people did before they had to do anything. Yeah, that's right. Uh, When you could just be free to do your creative thing and maybe you became a potter because you love to make pottery and then there you go. So it's, you know, I don't understand how it's like we got away from that so that, you know, what, what retirement offers you if you're not dealing 24 seven with your health issues uh, is an opportunity to take all these things that you always love to do as as a, uh, an alternative to what you had to do when you can do that all the time. It's, uh, I would like to just speak of Cindy in this because um, Cindy retired from the same law firm that I had worked at a very long time ago, Perkins Coie Stone Olson Williams. This is Diane. How may I help you? Yes. How may I direct your call? <laughs> no, I didn't ever say this is Diane. I used to say this is 18th floor reception. 18th floor reception. How may I, di- may I direct your call? Did you say how may I direct your call? Um Something along those lines. I yeah. can't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, too, that I would do paging in, on the Oh, you had system. to page. Wow. I got to page, and it was... Uh, you were broadcasting. I think we were on five floors. You were and broadcasting so, over five floors? Yeah. Damn. And so I would be, Mr. Katz, please come to the 18th floor reception. Mr. Katz. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know you were a broadcaster, Diane. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Anyway. <laughs> back to my, back Cindy, to my yeah. thoughts about yeah. Cindy. Yeah. Um, Cindy, I don't know whether... I didn't talk to her about it. I'm sure that photography has always been one of her interests, but she has put it front and center and, oh my God. She's doing some great stuff. The f- photos she takes are like oil paintings they're gorgeous and i i just want to say cindy that you may think i'm just liking or yeah. loving them on facebook you know just kind of like oh cindy's put away but i'm just like oh, i'm all agog when i see the it's true i've i've seen diane be agog it's not a pretty sight but you know <laughs> it does happen Cindy. so just be aware it's okay i mean i'm fine with it uh, i've got kind of gotten used to it but 
<laughs> and then I decide not to be a gog, and right, I decide right, to be yeah. a person again. Well, the gog kind of, <laughs> you know, wanes slowly. Well, anyway, I, I, she is one of my, um, my mentors in that kind of way mm-hmm. to say that your passions can become something that is actually beneficial to others in a different yeah, kind of way. And it's also, you realize that you're occupying more of yourself than you ever did at your thing that you had to do. Yeah. And um, I think it's a, it's one of those things that, I don't know, I could go off on this for a while, but it's one of those things that makes you feel like life is unfair. Yeah. Because once you're in that place, you're like, God, if I could have been doing this the whole time, what would I have been able to do? What would I have been able to accomplish? You know, Because you get to it at a time when your energy is not what it once was and your vitality isn't what it once was. And you may have you know, physical things going on that limit what you can do. So Yeah. But anyway, it's a, it's a good time. And I don't think uh, anybody should anticipate being inert after they retire, especially if they've always... There's been something that they've always thought about doing but never have. There's no reason not to do anything. You could write a novel. Well, there's there's no, nobody's stopping you. <laughs> yeah. There's a imp- impetus in me right now to start changing the rooms so that I, for my, it's almost like I never had a child, but I understand that a lot of times right during a certain period of a woman's pregnancy, she starts wanting to do things to prepare the nursery and make sure everything's okay for the newborn. And I feel like I'm kind of doing that in in the way that I'm preparing for my retired life. Yeah. It was, so it was very pleasant. Uh, that just happened on uh, Thursday that uh, the carpet cleaner came. And then when I started thinking, I'd already been thinking about how I wanted to do things in the to put my interests in, in my space. Well, luckily we had to so, move a bunch of stuff out so yeah. that you could choose what you put back. And, and I'm could, very happy with it. Good. Well, it's, it's a happy room. It's a happy house. It is a happy house. It is a happy house. And this, and this main floor here with the colors, I say this is the happiest part of the house. Yeah. So I went, I had a, an experience last night. It was, it was kind of a, it, it was a, a different experience than I'd anticipated. It was the, the final open mic at uh, Grumpy D's, which is a uh, coffee house down in uh, Ballard that that uh, had played at many times and went to the open mic many, many times and played played shows there at the club and really enjoyed myself. And Grumpy Dan is somebody that, Dan Kurtz was somebody that we all admired and uh, looked up to and, and appreciated. And he passed away... Uh, I think a few months into the pandemic, he, yeah, had, so he had been sick uh, before things shut down. And then I went to the first couple of virtual uh, Grumpy D's open mics when Dan was still around and still uh, coming to them. And after he passed, I was just, I don't know, I just felt like uh, I didn't really, I don't know, I hadn't been back. And uh, so we were doing this last blast at Grumpy D's last night and uh, a lot of the people that used to come to the open mic were there and but it became more of a celebration of being together uh, because you know we've all been pretty isolated the last couple of years and yeah and to be back in that space and you know playing music with everybody again it was really a nice 
I, it came it became a much more of a celebratory event and less of a somber kind of you know event and everybody was appreciating and a, a, several people mentioned that that grumpy d's doesn't doesn't go away and you know this is can be broadened out to a lot of things as long as we have the stories yeah that's as right. long as we are here to to share the stories and to be part of the stories and if we can still gather with each other doesn't have to be in this room we will still yeah. carry those stories into that gathering and well it's never just about the place right i know but i mean yeah. you you do tend to have associations uh, with a particular room if you're somebody who goes there well for... i certainly do with the antique for yeah, example right exactly yeah same no kind, i totally kind of get thing. that and you know grumpy d's didn't have the magnitude in my life that the antique sandwich does but it was one of those places and dan kurtz was one of those facilitators uh and marta too his his widow is has been a facilitator of a place to perform the music the kind of music that we do and every time i remember every time the wednesday night open mic would be happening there would be a couple of people that would walk in and be like what is this i could i'd hear him up at the counter talking to the what's going on like the the idea of somebody standing up there with a guitar and singing for people was was not something they would ever seen before. So it made me feel like I'm, I'm something that seems so normal to you and me is not as normal as we think it is. You know. Well, I found that out at my fiftieth birthday right, party right, with all yeah, the right. That's another instance where that happens. Yeah. Well, and I was in that place myself. I mean, you had been. Um, having this uh, be a part of your life since junior high. But for me, it was um, when I was in my late 20s that I discovered this marvelous thing. And that's why I'm, I've been such a proselytizer of it, because I just feel like, man, what an incredible experience to be able to listen to to, to people play on stage yeah. in that kind of way. Yeah. I mean, my I was very fortunate because my brother played guitar. So we did that in our family all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was very familiar with that thing, you know, of uh, right. having music be a focal point for a family. And I think that that was one of the great things about our lives together, that Gary played guitar and we would all sing and... Um, and Gary and I sang a lot of harmonies together, and it was just fun. Yeah. Um, and my friend Helen also played guitar, and my friend Julie played guitar. You know, they weren't, like, hugely performance-driven. Uh, they, they were just playing it for family. Right. But it still is a, it's a terrific thing. Well, that's that's thing what I feel like my whole, my whole personal arc of tradition was, you know, started with my dad. Because That's my right. My dad played the guitar, and he taught my sister and I, um, and we used to sing as a family too. And music was always just a big part of my life. It never felt like something I was schooled in. Yeah. It just felt like something that was in my body from before I was born, probably. Yeah, me and too. So that's kind of how it's always been present in my life, and it's something that I've taken for granted. I realize now that it's slipping. It seems to be slipping away from me to some degree. I feel like, wow. Because I've always thought of myself as a writer, I never really thought about the part that music has played in my life. Oh, I know. Well, when I think about, there's a book that I I really loved called To Our Children's Children, and it was just a series of questions you can ask 
your parents, your grandparents. By the time I was asking the questions, it was my parents. I wish I had recorded them, but I remember them. And I remember one of the questions was uh, just talking about your childhood home. What were the sounds that you can remember around you? And my father said that his his household home was pretty quiet most of the time, except for them or, you know, conversation with his parents. And so I even asked him, didn't, did you ever have any music around? And he said, no, there really wasn't any music around. And my mom's family, on the other hand, she said that her mother listened to, um, light classical music all the time. And I know that my grandmother, I remember, um, I remember that about her, that she would just burst into song at a drop of a hat, you know, like you'd just be sitting in, in a conversation and she'd sing something and, uh, when she was, before she had her stroke. So it's interesting because when you grow up in a family where music is just in the air at all times, it's really hard to imagine a quiet house for me anyway. Um, because I, I know I've said it on the show before, too, but my parents on Sunday mornings, the way they wake us up for breakfast was they'd put on Beethoven's Pastoral on the stereo. That is a really lovely way to wake up. Yeah. Cool. Lots of good. So lots of good, uh, good stories and memories uh, floating around. And that was I was I was much more into last night than I thought I'd be. I thought it was going to be a sad evening, and it was a it was a happy. Evening. I didn't know that you thought it was going to be well, a sad. Well, just because evening. Uh, you know it's the last. You know, the the yeah. place is closing down. It's going to be torn down and replaced by one of those beautiful new. Oh God! New uh, blocks of something that make all the. That whole area is now going to be like a, a solid. Yeah, I was going to tr- say. And that, that more and more of the of the arterial streets where you could see trees in the distance and maybe even see the the water from you know now there are these trenches of these uh, one and fives or whatever they call them where there's retail on the bottom, housing up above, yeah. just to, just tall enough to block out everything gorgeous. Yeah, that's that so used to sad. make that neighborhood that neighborhood. You know? kind of thing and you know that's a that's a geezer perspective it's a geezer perspective but what can you do but it's It's you know more and more these places start to look like dormitories for you know what indentured servants or something like that just places for the people to be on the three hours a day when they're not completely involved in whatever their whatever their have to do thing is and i just don't like that i don't like that idea i don't like that trend it doesn't seem very creative no, it doesn't. And, uh, so, as a geezer, it bothers me because you see this, and it. I know that my my. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. Perspective on it is skewed and is probably incorrect. You boy. And you know because. That's good coffee. What constitutes creative for me is not necessarily what constitutes creative for my kids, or you know. Well, I still so. remember when you were first reading All Creatures Great and Small. Um, you were saying that. You, you remarked that one of the chapters had a guy who was talking about how the young people were always trying to do things so fast. Mm-hmm. And the way that we think of, all, you know, that period of time is that that period of time is slow. But you were saying how interesting it was that um, 
that it's sort of the the older generation always thinks that things are moving too fast now. Things are moving too fast now, but um, you can't but, stop and smell the roses. Oh, please! You don't gotta say count no, 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 no. every day. <laughs> no. 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 Not one of your favorite songs. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, it's true. It's true to be in, it's interesting to be in this period of life, but I'm realizing more and more that, you know, we can be weird at this age in ways that, you know, we wouldn't have allowed ourselves to be because we oh, don't have to answer to anybody anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's nobody, you know, it's not like you, if you do something wacko, it's not going to get back to your boss and affect your, you know, employment situation or whatever. Or, you know. Um. And you're going to a song circle today, too. Going to a song circle today over at Judy Kaplan's house, yeah. And several of the people who were there last night will be also be here today, so that's going to be great, too. And I'm going to a baby shower today. You are going to a baby shower today, and that is really cool. My friend Hope's daughter is having a baby shower, and, and Hope really wanted me to be there. And she has become my dear friend through Zoom. Mm. <laughs> She's one of my work colleagues, but we have just been instantly de- a very dear friendship. Yeah. And she wanted me to come, and, and I thought it would be a fun thing to, 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 to try. I mean, uh, the reason why I say to try is because I haven't been in a group for since the pandemic. Yeah. But everybody at the at this event has to have been vaccinated um, because uh, the daughter is very concerned for her child's well, sure. safety and and uh, and Hope has her own health issues that she's right. concerned about. So um, so I'm not worried about... But Hope's, done, Hope's done a fair amount of traveling around during the pandemic just because she's got kids. She's got five kids. She's got five yeah. kids. So she's been, she's been fortunate... To have been able to connect and make some of these connections and and stay safe. Yeah, yeah. she's but she is she's just absolutely staunch about making well, yeah. sure that everything's okay and um, and so I don't feel nervous about this uh, because of that. I feel like these people are all cautious. And actually, I guess her daughter. Uh, there was one person who was not vaccinated, and her daughter said, "I'm sorry, you can't come." You know. So that's that's the way it rolls these days. Everybody gets to set their own standards if they're hosting yeah. an event, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, but it makes it safer for the people who are of that same mindset to feel like they're going to be okay. Right, and so. even, if, even if it's just a matter of, you know, people not having to worry. Yeah. You know, you want people to come to your event and have a good time. You don't want to be sitting, have them be sitting there feeling all... Worried yeah, the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Why did I do this? Uh, <laughs> is it worth it? Uh, exactly. It's like a whole different metric is is brought into into any decision that we make in that way, you know. So yeah, it is strange to be because I feel like I'm kind of semi emergent, you know, in going to these gatherings and the, to the open mic at the Cooth and and to the thing last night and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, here I am with people. And it's great. It's amazing how good it feels to just be around actual people again. You know, I mean, not I don't. I mean, I count you as people. I'm not saying that. It's just that, 
people. You don't think of me as a god? No. <laughs> no, I try not to hold that image in my mind. But I'll try and take a picture of it for you, Cindy, sometime when she's actually a gog, and then you'll see what I mean. Um, so, I would you say, Diane, that it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine? I would say it's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, you know, compared to some of the uh, some of the slow weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like it's been a for me. It's it's been a very interesting psychological <laughs> landscape for me now. And and uh, I feel like I'm making a lot of realizations. You've been and, covering a lot of ground, uh, yeah. I think. And I think that there's, there's a hecticity to that that I think uh, can't be ignored. But at the same time, I'm, I'm probably more at peace than I've been ever since I for, first started talking about retirement. Yeah, and I think what happens is you have more time where you're feeling at peace about it, but the but you know weird little freaky things still kind of jump at you sometimes. Yeah. Uh, when you come around a corner, you don't see it sitting there, and it jumps on you, and you know when you're not expecting it, but those seem to get less and less frequent, so it kind of tapers off in that kind yeah. of. Yeah, and I just figure that um, until. June 30th, it's going to be this kind of territory. And yet I feel like there was something really that was conquered in my head during this period of those last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I feel feel good about that. Yeah. I'm also rereading Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. And for anyone who's our age, I think it's just such an excellent book to read. It's, first of all, so well-written, but he's actually trying to make a case. Right. Um, and his case is that we have substituted safety for our elders over autonomy, and that autonomy is more important. And um, But it has a lot of information, very beautifully written and, and very interesting in the way it's done. Right. And... Reading that at the same time has been quite helpful for me, too, because there's this one sentence that was reminiscent of what I was talking about last week, because he was saying that he was talking about um, a new idea that this one man had for retirement homes that or might have even been a nursing home. He wanted to bring in animals and birds into the um, into the facilities to give the people something to think about and do, and he just felt like they were too sterile. And so when uh, he was talking about this marvelous idea that this guy had, that was successful, he said that when that the guy was just a really good salesperson and had been ever since he was a child. So even though he went into medicine, he was, he could have been a salesman right. and he just didn't let people say no in some way. Hmm. And so, um, he said that this person, when he was proposing this and they were saying no, because he was saying, well, just, just write, just write two dogs in there, you know, into our budget, <laughs> right? You know, we need bird song around here. Write a hundred birds. And they were going, a hundred birds? What are you talking about? So there's all this uh, kerfuffle about it. Right. 
interestingly, uh, one of the people that was convinced of his idea, but kind of persuaded beyond their their sense, <laughs> um, said when you have something that's been around for a while is that there's a culture that forms. And culture is necessary to have a long-term thing be possible. But culture kills innovation in its crib. And that really stood out to me so much. Um, I've been collecting a few quotes about uh, different things that I think are important for you to think about during this period of your life and um, that was one of the ones I'm definitely going to put in because it's important to know that all those feelings that you have of reining some idea back might just be because you are no longer the innovator and you don't want to kill the innovation in its crib and so um but you need a culture. I mean, that's the thing that's so weird. It's like this this um, tightrope that you have to walk on. You can't have people just innovating and never having anything uh, established. But um, life is so interesting in that way. All the tightrope walks that we're on. Yeah. So I want to talk about the music today. Do you? Because we've got things to do, places to be. That's right. So um, I was thinking about it last week because I actually, as people who listen to the show know, I I, I decorate for the season. So um, I, on the day of spring last, uh, I think it was last Sunday that was the first day of spring. Yeah. I actually changed out all the decorations in the house to to be uh, springtime. And I'm not doing it in a Martha Stewart kind of way. This is, you know, uh, it's just my own uh, artistry that I like to, to put things around that look more like spring. So um, it hasn't seemed extremely spring spring-like yet except for a few evenings have been quite beautiful and well trees and the are flowering right uh, and exactly the cherry blossoms are out and but what i mean is when you're looking out like right now you feel Mm -hmm. like it's kind of gray and and so the very first thing that went through my mind was um was neil woodall's spring is on its way because he says looking out the window on an old gray day you know and I just thought, Neil, Neil has to be Neil. our next, our next music. Yes. And I just love Neil Woodall. And Cindy actually came to the concert that you did with uh, Neil online on the Zoom call at oh. the Treehouse concert. Oh, cool. And she wanted to be Neil Woodall's uh, <laughs> promoter. Oh. So I was thinking, I'm. I'm going to actually tell her about this episode so she That's can hear fun. more. That's cool. Because I, I don't know think, that. I don't think he sang Seven Daff- Golden Daffodils that night. Yeah. But I... He did sing it up upstairs in my studio one day. He recorded some songs while he was visiting one time. and 
Well, I requested it. Right. That was the one that started the whole recording session. I said, you know, I love that song when you sing it so much. I've never heard anyone sing that song like you, Neil. And he was playing my guitar, uh, one of my guitars, and so it was not his regular guitar, but uh, we captured some, some of Neil's best work, I think, on that day. And uh, I still remember when he... It's not a studio-quality recording, but you know what? Neil, you know, Neil is always Neil. Well, I was thinking, uh, when, after he stopped the recording of that, he said... Wow, I don't know what got into me. I really gave you the <laughs> long play extended version of that mm. <laughs> because he played it for a long time. But he really had a lot of fun with yeah, it. Yeah, he was probably having a good time. That, yeah. might, that might have been part of it. Yeah. Neil is one of those people that you can just see. Uh, his exuberance is kind of hard to muffle. Yeah. He's all in. Um, well, I do miss Neil. Yeah. Yep, but we got the stories. We got the stories, and Neil is down in where is he? Brownsville, Texas. Yeah, I think it's Brownsville. Near Brownsville, anyway, and uh, living the life. We love you, Neil. Look out my window on an old gray. South breeze is blowing and spring is on its way Yeah, I feel it in my bones, I know it is true As the snow starts to melt and it leaves me feeling new And I don't know when it will come again It reminds me of old friends and nights that had no end Sun starts to shine, takes me away to another time. When we laughed and we cried, we did not ask why. We were living for the music and ready to fly. And I don't know when it will come again, but like a galloping ghost, it lingers in the wind.
look out my window on an old gray day. South breeze is blowing and spring is on its way. Is on its way. Is on its way. I may not have a mansion I haven't any land Not even a paper dollar Wrinkle in my hand I can show you morning From a thousand hills and kiss you and give you seven daffodils I may not have a fortune to buy you fancy things but I can weave you moonbeams For your necklaces and rings I can show you morning From a thousand hills And kiss you And give you seven daffodils Seven golden daffodils All shining in the sun They light our way to evening When the day is done I can give you music And a crust of bread And a pillow Tiny bounds to rest your head. 
Seven golden daffodils All shining in the sun They light our way to evening When the day is done I can give you music And a crust of bread And a pillow of piney boughs To rest your head And a pillow of piney boughs To rest your head 